Hey, this is Celeste, and you're listening to Juice with Benefits. Jews with Benefits is going to be an improvisational conversation in which we reflect on modern relationships, culture, and communications. With humor, we navigate the dysfunction of the group and our lives, deconstructing our beliefs and trauma. We'll spend a half hour in conversation, bringing our diverse identities, belief systems, and values to topics relating to modern life. In individual segments, we will delve into our unique interests and experiences as we analyze and laugh about dating and relationships. Hi, I'm Vox. I'm the group's resident polyamorous member. I describe myself as a pervy goblin jester. I'm non-binary and go by they, them, there, a nerd, theatrical, and I'm training to be a counselor. The way Celeste would describe me is, Vox is a puck from Midsummer's Night's Dream, impish, the narrator with confidence and swag, slippery. You never know if they're getting at the heart of some matter or if they're joking. They identify as a non-binary, but are often misgendered due to male-presenting features. Vox is passionate about two things, polyamory and vasectomies, and will pontificate broadly about either at at the barest provocation. Their general way of relating to the world is a very sexual court jester, unveiling some truths, skirting around others, and helping people understand the world in new ways. Sometimes they suggest they could flirt with a broom. Ben, who is the master of bullet points, bullet pointed me as Vox, wise, knowledgeable about life, likes to troll, very critical about certain things, quotes food. Not a morning person, quotes, gets irritable in the morning. And this is what Svetlana thinks about me. Vox is a very edgy individual that educates people about boundaries by breaking every single one of their own. We love them for their creativity, unique skills of community building, as well as thoughtfulness and generosity with quality time. We're going to take down the patriarchy one segment at a time. And today we're going to talk about boundaries and the patriarchy. And I think that boundaries are absolutely gendered, like much else that we have going on. Um, I think women generally are taught to have much looser boundaries. Um, And men are taught that their boundaries lie elsewhere. Their boundaries um, around themselves are sacrosanct. And the boundaries around women are flexible. And I think women are taught to be very flexible with their own boundaries, but not always to expect from men that they have their firm boundaries in ways that are manifest differently because of their different upbringing, gendered upbringing. So I think the way that manifests in relationships is, um, at least in my mind, women tend to um, be a lot more giving, but also have a lot more expectations in relationships. which is why I think female friendships are so lovely because in an ideal mature female friendship, there's a lot of mutual giving and it's very fulfilling. And I'm not sure men have those kinds of friendships. Um, If they do, I think that's wonderful. I haven't seen it very often. Um, But I think that women can also struggle with boundaries with each other. Um, And I think that women struggle maintaining boundaries that protect their own well-being and relationships sometimes. So 
first step is recognizing these gendered differences, and then we could start to undo them for everyone's health and well-being. And men can learn from women, too. We're going to take down the patriarchy one segment at a time. And today we're going to talk about boundaries and the patriarchy. And I think that boundaries are absolutely gendered, like much else that we have going on. Um, I think women generally are taught to have much looser boundaries. Um, And men are taught that their boundaries lie elsewhere. Their boundaries... Um, around themselves are sacrosanct and the boundaries around women are flexible. And I think women are taught to be very flexible with their own boundaries, but not always to expect. Today's main topic is about boundaries. Boundaries. Um, so... Uh, as the poly person, um, I guess I'll talk about boundaries first. So, boundaries in polyamory are sort of the most important, like, part about it, because, like, boundaries in all relationships are relatively, like, fluid, and you can have hard boundaries and soft boundaries, but, like, you know, if a hard boundary is crossed, then... You know, that's a reason to have, like, an important discussion. Can you can you DTR. clarify what the difference between a hard and a soft boundary is? Um, a hard boundary is one where, like, cheating in monogamy is a hard boundary, right? Yeah. That will end a relationship. A hard boundary generally ends a relationship. Doesn't have to. But it's definitely, like, a line crossed that can't be uncrossed. Mm-hmm. While, like, a soft boundary, that's like a slip-up of, oh, I didn't read your body language and you didn't want me to kiss you after all. Mm-hmm. My bad. Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, Svetlana. Yeah? Have you ever had a boundary crossed? I guess I did, yes. Do I have to talk about this right now? That's, it's That's a podcast <laughs> and it's the episode topic, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it so you were engaged in the actual, like, clearly. Yeah, I think one of my boundaries was, like, a partner telling me what I should do and should not do. It's like, oh, no. Of course you can go do this and that because I want you to go somewhere with me. And I was like, I was talking about trips and I ended up really resenting him for not letting me go and this is how we broke up. So this was lesson I learned when I was, you know, young in undergrad. Mm. Um, I have like a story on boundaries. It's not like me in a romantic relationship but for a long period of time I had a family member staying with me in my apartment and um, this was not the first person who I invited to stay over at my place Um, but it was you know this was different because you know this is a family member and so my thought is like you know we're family 
we don't necessarily need like these hard boundaries or spoken boundaries, but they definitely would have uh, improved the situation because uh, it was not a great time. And after a while, it just warned me and wore me. And, you know, not stating those boundaries uh, like, hey, don't bring this girl over here because I don't know who she is or like stuff like that definitely like diminish our relationship for that time we've since like repaired our relationship but um yeah I, I've definitely come to see the benefit <laughs> very <laughs> on brand in uh having boundaries with like not only other people who may be staying with you or who may be in a intimate and romantic relationship but also with yourself um, so I'm all for the boundaries. What do you mean with yourself? So recently I've taken to like allowing myself only uh, to be able to spend so much money per like paycheck. Oh, so, so like with your behavior? Yeah. Okay. Rather than just like spend money on whatever I want, which like I have the money to do that, but I also, it, it feels better for me to be able to say like I, I stayed within this budget and because of that, I saved so much money and like I still got a bunch of stuff I want. I didn't like randomly spend money on all, all this other stuff that I didn't necessarily need or didn't bring me as much enjoyment. So, yeah. So like discipline, uh, your self-discipline as a form of boundaries. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, indeed. that's clear. Yeah, like I would agree that self-discipline is a form of boundary making. Um, yeah, like boundary making is important for both yourself and for others so like um uh there's a friend who i wanted to break up with uh for a while and um so i decided that i was going to make a boundary with myself about them and uh it has gone well so far cool so um, i i'd like to just talk about boundaries as a social construct, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think that, and to preface this, I'll say I don't disagree with the Western conceptualization of this or the modern iteration of this idea. I don't disagree with it. I think it's really useful, but I think it's really important to think about how it's kind of culturally specific and time specific um, because there are other ways of understanding what boundaries are, what healthy boundaries are. For example, in a lot of cultures, like um, the boundary that I think we think of around ourselves is maybe more seen generally around family and a very broad idea of family. The idea of where like kind of you, you begin, you end and another person begins is like not something like universally understood among like every culture the exact same way. Um, By that do you mean like when you start dating a person or your relationship between a person? Like, No, I mean like the idea of identity can be thought of as something broadly connected to your family or tribe or community right, rather than right. just yourself as an individual. Right. I like the, the self, the individual is like a very kind of like Western idea. Oh, so Western. So that's, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to, I just think it's helpful to think of that. And I think the, the Western idea of boundaries is super helpful when you think about like spheres of like control or influence, like we really can only control our own behavior and like it's really a freeing idea to think like we can't control other people's behavior we can only like set our own boundaries like it's a super functional 
usually I think way of thinking about it but um I think like sometimes this idea bleeds over into like um I think it's useful to think of other ideas when we think about like our responsibility like I think that we have responsibilities to people beyond ourselves I don't know how else to put that and so like this idea of like centering the self and only and like this individ hyper individualized view of like responsibility maybe is not a super functional one so I'm curious like what um, what would you say is like a, a good example of like this idea of not the self but like uh, the self is one or more or more than one person like what would be a good example of that or like an example that you've experienced or whatever I mean a super obvious one to me since I'm a mother of a very young child is parenthood mm -hmm. um, like like the literal physical boundaries of my own body were blurred when I was pregnant like yeah, and true. like and the whole process of like my child growing up into a child and then an adult like is kind of like a very kind of gradual like I think when before he was maybe six months old he didn't even understand that I was a different person than him like he thought we were like the same like I was the source of all of his food all of his comfort um like I don't think he understood that I was a separate person with my own thoughts and feelings and opinions <laughs> like we were just the same like and that's how it had been physically and like that's how it was for him emotionally and like there, I'm sure I think that that thinking really influenced me also and it like influenced my relationship with him like like when he was in pain it was like I was in pain and like I don't know I th for me the process of being a mother and thinking about individualism has been really kind of earth-shattering for me hmm. yeah give me a lot to think about I didn't really think of that so uh, I've had boundaries broken and I've broken boundaries 100% so one of my uh, college girlfriends, she went home from college and then cheated on me with her best friend. And we had had a sort of pre-polyamory type of relationship for myself, because at that point I was monogamous, but um, I was old enough to go to bars and she wasn't. Um, and she really liked to go to house parties and I really liked to go to bars. And so, like, we decided that because we're so young, if one of us, like, ended up at a bar or a house party and, like, found someone but was not explicitly going to, like, you know, have sex with someone, if it happens, like, talk about it and it happened and then she didn't do that and, you know, came home and then for weeks and weeks didn't tell me, right? Mm -hmm. And so how did it come up? Uh, she just one day was like, hey, I want to tell you something. It's going to be hard to hear. And it was hard to hear, but at the time I was like, that's fine. Uh, but I don't know if I necessarily want to like continue dating you, but also I don't want to break up with you right now because I have to like think about my thoughts, right? Um, and I did, and I decided inevitably that, like, it was too much of a breach of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like, uh, 
Um, I've broken boundaries all over the place because I like to push boundaries. Because if I don't push buttons and push boundaries, then people can't come back and be like, hey, this is a good boundary that I want to have with you. And it makes things fun. I have several <laughs> comments. <laughs> but my, the question I want to lead with is uh, with that relationship with that uh, person, um, it sounded like she broke two different boundaries with you. One of, well, maybe just one. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe you can elaborate. Because um, initially she didn't, she wasn't forthcoming about the fact that she uh, had sex with someone else. Um, so I was just wondering, was the fact that she didn't tell you, like, the the breach of a boundary or the fact that she had sex with someone else, the breach of the boundary, or both? It was a little bit of both. Um, so uh, there was, like, another, like, couple weeks before she came back. Uh, but then she waited another couple weeks after that. Like, I can understand that being an in-person conversation, um, even though at this point, or then I could see that as an in-person conversation. Now I'm also like, that's totally a phone call conversation. If you're like, really feeling about it. Like, I would rather someone be like, call me up, you know, the next day be like, look, I hooked up with someone, and I shouldn't have. Let's talk about it in person another time. Or was it important somehow that it was like her best friend? Because instead of a stranger, because uh, of the um, like emotional component. Of that? I knew that she had a big crush on him, um, so it was one of those like, um, it was just not good, <laughs> in yeah. if all in all like. If it had been a stranger, it probably would have been a little less of an issue because she probably would have been meeting him at a party, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, um, you know. Um, and like, uh, one of the things that she said was immediately like, oh, as soon as the he stuck his penis in, like I knew it was a mistake. We both knew it was a mistake. But, you know. And she didn't That's use... a bad penis. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can we, just, wow. can we just make that statement? <laughs> That's a bad penis. Well, I mean, she knew it was a mistake because, like, she broke my trust. Okay. And because... It wasn't like, the penis, per se. <laughs> and, I mean, like... It might have been a bad penis, too. It, it probably know. was a bad penis. Like a barbed penis, maybe? Like... <laughs> I don't think he was a cat. Do okay. cats have barbed penises? That's a topic for another time. <laughs> a different but podcast. Yes. <laughs> Today's podcast topic is, is cat penises <laughs> and their barbness. Uh, I thought it was still boundaries. <laughs> um, well, cat penises create boundaries with. No. Okay. Off topic. <laughs> Moving on. I stared at her with a deadpan stare. Oh, I definitely missed that. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, but yeah, thanks for elaborating on that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Um, so, breaking boundaries, I guess, is the next like part of it. Um, so I've read a lot of like uh, therapy therapists like say if you're gonna if you cheat on someone, clearly the relationship has some problems. 
but also like um, if you do you generally shouldn't tell the other person because it's just gonna ruin the relationship but you've already ruined the relationship right um, and uh, but most people end up telling their partner because they feel guilty mm-hmm. and so um, I think rule number one don't be guilty about things that you do because you shouldn't be doing things that will make you feel guilty. True. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, like, don't do the things or don't feel the guilt? <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm a sociopath and I do the things but I don't feel guilty? Then you're a sociopath and <laughs> you just need to be honest about that. So you shouldn't be dating. <laughs> I know, just date. That's not true. Date <laughs> other sociopaths. No, definitely Or, that would be weird, but... Be honest that you have a mental problem with your partner and they will be able to maybe manage the situation. It's their job to manage. Well, no, it's your job. That sounds like bad boundaries. It's it's both, right? Like your job to try and manage that you're not hurting them. Their job to manage that you don't feel empathy so you might hurt them. Hmm. Like, it just okay. like in any relationship, right? Because if I do something that hurts you, meaning to or not, it still hurts you. Hmm. But if I have empathy, I can try to rectify the situation. If someone who doesn't have empathy can, like, try to rectify the situation in other ways, because they can simulate empathy well, can't, by I think, learning behaviors. Well, also, like, can't a sociopath... I would actually think a sociopath, if they wanted a relationship to work, would be, like, most primed of anyone. Because they could just be like, listen, like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, they don't have to, like... Like, because maybe if you, someone trusts their feelings, but, like, the, their feelings are misleading about, like, what would rectify a situation. Like, like what? I said I'm sorry. Like, what's the big deal? You know, like, then, like... Like, someone with empathy might, like, convince themselves that they're fixing it. But someone without empathy would be like, listen, like, tell me how to fix any of these given situations. And then, like, there could be really good communication there. I'm really not sure it works this way. (laughs) It really doesn't. (laughs) I'm not sure, but I'm sure. I think, I think, like... I think like people with disorders are pretty self-centered and they mm-hmm. mostly yeah, cannot probably. actually think about that. What? People. what? <laughs> no. Nothing. Uh-huh. What do you want to You say? seem like you have something to yeah, say. Yeah, say, speak up. Oh, nothing. I I just posed the uh, sociopath thing as a joke, kind of. So okay. I it's going to go so far. Social pathing is a joke? Sociopath. Oh. Well, jokes here are treated as reality. Apparently, yeah. We are three improvers and you. <laughs> Whoever that you may be, who knows? No one knows. No one I mean, knows. we know. But the listeners won't. I mean, I'm sure one of us will. It's not like a secret. Is it? It's definitely well, now a secret. It is. We made it a secret. We, we have put it that. in the box. One of us is not an improver. <laughs> Which I'm, one do you think? Take I'm our a, survey online. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might win a prize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So if you think this is this is Vox, 
send one. <laughs> if you think this is Ben, send two. If you think this is Svetlana, send three. If you think this is Celeste, send four. By send, do you mean like press a button on your phone? <laughs> no, you send a you send oh, okay. message. You send letters to our to P.O. Our pager. box. Okay. Pager? <laughs> do the KGB still use pagers? Who's in the KGB? No one knows. It's clearly Ben. <laughs> Not the person with the heavy Russian accent. Because <laughs> that might be really insensitive. <laughs> that would be way too obvious. So, so what are some examples of, of breaching boundaries? Beyond cheating? Beyond cheating, yeah. Um, uh, not uh, not accepting a safe word. Um, <laughs> we can have an entire podcast on safe words. That would actually be pretty short podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, if you say you're gonna do something that's important, you should do it. Um, what about not having sex for years? What? That sounds like maybe a personal boundary. Yeah, that sounds like And then you're choice. not breaking it, you're just choosing to end your personal boundary. Yeah. Um, or you're on a dry spell. Are you trying to no, like... No, I'm thinking like a couple and then the weather person is just like, oh no, I don't really feel like doing it in the next Hey Spence, years. I don't think we can oh, hear you. Okay. Dang. Uh, so, <laughs> if one person in a couple decides that they don't want to have sex with the other person, that is a good boundary that they can set up for themselves. Ooh, cool. Hopefully, and the other person should respect it. Hopefully before they get too serious. I mean, I don't yeah, know. It, it always happens to marriage couple. <laughs> is it? Is uh, that just because you've had two marriages that went that way? Did they go that way? Is that? I, yeah, so, I, be I believe your problems I didn't have. I mm. believe Svetlana and I are the only ones who have been married. Is that correct? Wow. I have never been no, married. I'm asking. I've never been married and I'm not going to get married. I've been what? married thousands of times. What about us? <laughs> You're a KGB agent. I can't marry a KGB agent. The secret's out. <laughs> that did not last long. <laughs> so. Box. I actually had a question I, I've been meaning to pose to you since you, you know, shared a little bit more about yourself. Um, being a polyamorous person, uh, yeah. do, do you With have? A yes. <laughs> yeah, <but> my. <laughs> that's my line. If, if we haven't, you know, mentioned that, we haven't that, mentioned that's it yet. Thing. So I thought we should. But being a polyamorous person, and you know, in polyamorous <laughs> relationships, yeah. do you have to set different boundaries for each person uh, with whom you like to have a relationship? Uh, that's a complex answer of both yes and no. So if, for instance, you're dating someone seriously and they say, I don't want you to kiss anybody else, mm. you can be like, great, cool. And then you start another relationship with someone and you say, hey, my partner, who you might or might not meet, doesn't want me to kiss anyone else. Is that going to be a problem for you? Yeah? Okay. It is? I don't think this is going to be a relationship shift that will work. Because if 
generally you shouldn't put boundaries on other people but like mm. it also makes sense that you might because kissing is a type of fluid bonding fluid swapping right so so this is kind of where my my like um suggestion to to think about different understandings of boundaries might be useful because it the the western conceptualization has some limitations here because how do you i think we all intuitively know that putting boundaries around a relationship is something we all sometimes want to do like we sometimes want to say like this is what i want this relationship to be like but that doesn't really fit with like i only put boundaries around my own behavior so so like you, this is like kind of an idea of like an expanded version of self like as long as this is a relationship these are the boundaries i feel comfortable with within the scope of this relationship and then like the other person can decide like can agree to or disagree with those mm -hmm. boundaries but like there's still boundaries around a couple and not around an individual i mean especially from a monogamous point of view yeah yeah um i don't know what that has to do with monogamy specifically i mean it, you are a monogamous person, yes? Yes. But I don't think what I just said relates only to monogamy. No, but like, I can see that from a monogamous standpoint. And I can see it from a polyamorous standpoint too. But, um, and then the, specifically in the one you just described about the partner who says, I don't want you to kiss anybody else and other relationships. That's putting boundaries around a relationship between two people. Right. Right? Um, but it's also one of those things where I can it makes sense for a health standpoint mm. because like mm. let's oh, say you have herpes, herpes. Yeah. and you just you start dating a new person and the new person doesn't have herpes right do you want to kiss them yeah probably should you kiss them probably not especially if you're shedding you know okay um, okay that makes sense but like uh if you're also in like a non-poly but still uh, ethically non-monogamous relationship, you might be like, "Hey, I don't have higher hierarchical uh, relationships, mm -hmm. so you can't put boundaries on my like relationships at all." Mm -hmm. um, while other are like extremely hierarchical, and you'll be like, "My nesting partner." gets most of my time, my quality time, because we live together, and, you know, like, there are these ten rules that we have that, you know, I'm not gonna break, but I need to let you know seven of them, because seven, seven of them are about, like, relationships outside of this relationship. Alright, so, on the flip side, in a monogamous relationship, um, besides, like, the obvious hard boundaries, are there other, like, I don't want to say hard boundaries, but, like, say, say we started watching a show together. We, we watch the show every, every time it comes on, and we only watch it with each other. Is it <laughs> a big deal? Oh, well, I guess you asked the person, but, like, is it a big deal if... That is a deal breaker, man. I, <laughs> if I watch... The show with that is a relationship else, ender. Or if I watch it without, uh, or if I'm just watching alone, uh, but without that person, is that like also a significant boundary? I think that would be a soft boundary, <laughs> and I think you should go up to where your partner and you have watched together. 
you can't go past that. But are there other like I guess <laughs> are there other like boundaries like say I have um, a friend with whom I go out and we do interpretive dance together or something and it's a very emotional thing between the two of us. Um, do you think that could cause issues between that monogamous relationship, but an initial monogamous relationship, if I have like this intense emotional um, experience frequently with this other person? Um, a lot of people would could see that as emotional cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it really depends. Um, if you're going to like, you know, like different. I mean, I'm not monogamous, but right, like, right. also at the same time, I have had monogamous relationships, so I do understand the monogamous perspective. Mm-hmm. at least somewhat um, but like yeah I could see that being a potentially sticky situation like I know of at least one couple that has ended their relationship because interpretive dance uh, <laughs> ballroom dancing but oh. yeah we need a boom boom <laughs> <laughs> I know I have a lot of those little zingers um, Svetlana who loves to dance go ahead you had a I have so many questions. I think I already figured out the difference between poly amorous relationship and non-ethical monogamy, right? Because non-ethical monogamy is when you have, you might have a relationship with one person and then non-relationships with other people, kind of. What do you mean non-relationships? Not, I mean like episodes with adult relationships, like stable relationships. Oh, you mean like flings or hookups? I don't or know, yes. Or just like dates? Whatever, uh, something. Ish. 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 Um, Ish. We'll do an entire episode on polyamory because one, we're running clo- short on time for this uh, main topic, but uh, polyamory is about loving multiple people while ethical non-monogamy does not necessarily mean loving multiple people. Oh, that's great. And so other question, do you think being polyamorous is like a a choice or it just reflects Ooh. a certain nature or it's like like your sexual orientation, something you like reveal about yourself? Interesting. I think that will have to table that's a really interesting question. Poly question, but the answer is yes. Do you have a boundary about discussing this topic? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not time. even a little bit. But no. for this <laughs> episode, yes. Their boundary is the time. Uh, <laughs> do we want to do final conclusions with everybody and then... Does it, I mean, does anyone think boundaries are bad? They can be. You can have toxic boundaries. True. Like... But, like, okay. I don't know. I'm just gonna stop. Do you want to have a final conclusion? Final thought? Final thought? Final thought? Yeah. I like boundaries. I, I think that um, boundaries are important and helpful, and I think that we cannot end the conversation, not this conversation in particular, but in general, like, it's not the be-all and end-all of of a discussion of how we relate to other people because I think the idea of responsibility has to also be part of it. True. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, 
have lots of boundaries. Have lots and lots of soft boundaries and as many hard boundaries as you need to have to live a healthy life. It's about... It's, that's don't, my end. Don't thought. have toxic boundaries. Also, don't have toxic boundaries. Wait, what's a toxic... Sorry, I know we're over time. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's stop it and do another okay. one that's a short clip about toxic boundaries. Thanks for joining our conversation. Talk next month. <laughs>